The fluorescent lights hummed quietly above Marco. He sat in his office chair at the checkout next to the entrance of the convenience store. Marco leaned against the counter with his arms folded over it. He glanced at his phone, which was lying down next to his arms. His hand moved over and flipped it, waking the screen and showing the time, 12.48 a.m. He stared at the wallpaper for a moment before the screen went dark. Marco rubbed his eyes. He was tired from working the night shift the last few nights, but he just needed to stay awake a few more hours. At five, Cassandra would be on her way for the morning shift. Indistinct Muzak played over the convenience store speakers quietly as Marco looked around. A few minutes passed before Marco decided to stand up and stretch his legs. He wiped a hand off of the left leg of his jeans and got out of his chair. He grabbed his phone off the counter and slid it into his pocket. He walked around the counter and out into the well-lit, decently large store. Just as he stepped out to the customer's side, the music changed over to a new song, still only instruments. He looked around to see if anyone was outside. Seeing that he was alone, he walked towards the refrigerators at the back of the store. He examined them, then took a soda from one of them. Holding the cold can in his hand, he walked around a little more to check on the various aisles. Management wasn't happy if he didn't check the store at least once every half hour. Marco watched the parking lot from in between two aisles. Still no one. He walked back to the counter and sat down. He scanned his soda, then popped the cash register open. That'll be $1.59, sir, Marco jokingly said around. Hmm, but of course, my good man, Marco continued as he pulled his dark blue wallet from his jeans. He took out $2 and placed it in the cash register. He took the remaining 41 cents from the register and stuffed it into his pocket. He'd done this a few times before working the night shift. Management never got on him so long as he always paid the exact amount. Marco leaned back in his chair at the front counter. He looked around, his eyes glancing to the large glass windows, half illuminated by fluorescence, half by pitch black darkness. He interlocked his fingers and rested them behind his head as he leaned further back in the chair, kicking his feet up onto a small table behind the counter. Marco sat there in the cold convenience store, watching the outside as the stars above the concrete prison stood motionless next to the highway. A memory hit Marco like a struck match flicked from the pitch black. A man had been found decapitated on that highway. Not anywhere near the store, quite, quite a ways away actually, but regardless, still on the same highway. This thought plagued his mind as Marco suddenly became less comfortable in his relaxed situation. He moved his hands to sit folded in his lap. He was painfully awake now. Marco looked to the counter, looking at the sketches he'd done earlier, around seven or so. His mind blinked a thought into existence. He leaned up from his seat and put his hands on the counter, palms down. The sensation of his warm fingers pushing against the chilled glass that bound the lottery tickets like a lamp binds a genie. Felt strange. He glanced around the counter, quickly scanning both ends of it to where the archway that held smaller items like cigarettes and gum stopped the counter from going any further. He grabbed a navy blue pen that sat right where the counter and archway met and pulled a small notebook filled with lined paper to him. Marco started sketching more small drawings to pass the time. After a while, he set his pen down on the drawing he'd done of the convenience store's interior and pulled out his phone. 1.40 a.m. It read. Ten minutes passed before Marco snapped his wandering mind back to reality. He looked out the window from where he sat, 
There were headlights out there in the pitch black darkness. The headlights came from around the convenience store and slowly drove up to stop around 20 feet from the store's entrance. It sat there for a few moments. Marco's mind couldn't do much other than repeat a single possible outcome for the situation over and over. The headlights outside blinked off instantly. Their bright orange glow still burned into the night as it too faded into blackness. Marco blinked a few times. As the car doors opened, the interior light came on, revealing two figures dressed in dark clothing stepping out of the cloak of the deep night. He felt something heavy rise in his throat. His eye twitched a few times. For as deep as the black outside was, he could still see the two figures quickly striding towards the store. The fluorescent lighting beaming into the dark revealed the figures as they stepped up to the doors and opened them. Two men, maybe late into their twenties, stepped inside and nodded to Marco, seemingly to offer him relief, almost as if they were aware of his stress and discomfort. They walked through the store, picking many items from shelves, rotating displays, and refrigerators. As they walked up to the counter, a vibrant green shirt stating, They're out there, appeared from beneath one of the men's black zip-up hoodie. They dumped all of their items onto the counter. Many bags of chips, candy, soda, energy drinks, sunglasses, phone charging cords, tourist magnets, a California-themed snow globe prominently featuring the Golden Gate Bridge, a variety of touristy stickers, and a copy of Night at the Museum starring Ben Stiller on DVD. Marco took each item and scanned them, glancing at the two men every once in a while. You in town for the Alien Festival? Marco asked as he reached underneath the counter to pull a plastic bag out. Yeah, we drove in a couple days ago from Oregon. Heard this festival down here is supposed to be massive. The man wearing the green shirt said. Yeah, yeah, they do a week-long festival, music and stuff, I guess. Marco said while bagging their items. I'm gonna go get the car started. The other man said to his friend. Sounds good, the man with the shirt answered. Never been to the festival? He asked Marco. Nope. Never been much into aliens. Marco said, nearly leaning into the word aliens and raising both of his eyebrows. Not a believer? The man asked. Uh, not exactly, I guess. Probably just haven't. Marco rubbed his hands on his jeans. Seen the right proof, I guess. Uh, that'll be thirty-four ninety-five, by the way. Oh, right. The man said as he brought out his wallet. Well, man, keep an open mind. You never know when something might come along and... The man quieted down for a second as he counted the money out. Change your whole worldview. I, I, I guess you're probably right. Marco replied as he took the money from the man. Marco handed the man a nickel as he picked his bag up. The car lights outside came to life. Marco's eyes shot to the window as the man pocketed the coin. You have a nice night, man. Oh, and by the way, if you want to see some true proof of aliens, look up uh, Extraterrestrial on its ship filmed in National Park. That video will sway even the most immovable of beliefs, the man said as he walked towards the door. I will. And enjoy the festival, Marco said with a slightly raised voice to catch the man as he left. Marco sighed as he grabbed his phone. Almost two. He rubbed his eyes. He thought about not looking up that video for a moment. The guy was probably screwing with him, or it was a blurry video of some campers in a tent in the park. But deciding to appease his curiosity, he unlocked his phone and typed the exact wording into Google. 
A variety of articles and links to YouTube videos came up instantly. Shocking video confirms aliens, government denies authenticity. Aliens filmed in forest proves skeptics wrong to deny existence of extraterrestrial life. Alien and its ship filmed in National Park Forest, original video, and more. Marco was a bit surprised. He didn't think the search would actually turn anything up. He set his phone down for a second. He tapped on a link to the supposed original video. It was a cell phone video with a tall, slender alien creature exiting an egg-like spaceship. Looked real enough, but could you truly prove this was a real alien without conducting some kind of test? After all, it could just be an elaborate hoax. His eyes jumped to the time top of the screen. 2.05. Minutes passed much slower now. There were still around three hours before Cassie showed up for the day shift. Marco glanced outside. He looked outside in time to see another vehicle pulling up to the parking lot of the convenience store. It was a sleek black car. Almost difficult to see under the veil of night. The passenger door popped open, awakening the dome light inside the car. Two men sat inside. The passenger checked his watch as he said something to the driver. The driver then popped his door open and they both got out of the car. As they approached the store's entrance, Marco could see that they were dressed in well-kept black suits. They both wore ties, but the driver's tie hung a bit lower. Slightly loosened, it seemed. The passenger opened the door and held it long as he stepped in for the driver to catch it. Evening. Getting back from somewhere fancy? Marco asked, folding his hands on his lap. Not particularly, the passenger said as he brushed his scruffy brown hair back up off his forehead. Hmm. Marco said quietly. The two men walked through the store. The driver walked to the refrigerators. He opened one of them and grabbed a can of soda, then a large bottle of water. The passenger walked over to the candy aisle. He picked up a bag of sour gummy worms and a chocolate bar. As he walked towards the counter, he stopped at a rotating display of chips and plucked a barbecue bag from it. The driver met the passenger at the counter and placed the drinks alongside the passenger's item. Hmm, right. The passenger said quietly as he gently nodded his head. He grabbed a packet of gum and dropped it onto the counter. I'm also going to need a pack of Crown Reds, the driver requested. You got it. His fingers lifted a pack of Crown Red cigarettes from the rack and they brought it down to the counter. As he scanned the items, the passenger scratched his scruffy stubble. So, you two are pretty dressed up. Coming back from some kind of black tie event? Marco asked, wearing an uncomfortable smile in case the men didn't feel like talking. No, we work for a, uh, investigative agency, the passenger said. Oh, like the FBI? Marco asked. Um, something like that. Our agency deals in more unnatural occurrences, the passenger said. He took a card from the inside of his jacket pocket and showed it to Marco. He held it between his pointer and middle fingers. It read B-U-O-E. Not everyone believes us at first, but if you ever see anything strange around, give us a call. The driver flipped the card in his fingers to its reverse side, which showed a phone number. Hmm. What does a uh, B-U-O-E stand for? Marco asked as he bagged the man's items. 
The Bureau of Unnatural Occurrences and Events. The driver chimed in, glancing at Marco before looking away again. Uh, it doesn't acronym well, so we usually just go by the agency, the passenger said. He handed Marco the card as he took out his wallet. Your total is 1189, Marco said to the driver. The man took the money from his wallet and handed it to Marco, receiving his change back. If I see anything out of place or strange, I'll give you guys a call, Marco said, picking up the card and holding it. Wouldn't expect anything less, the driver said ominously as the two men walked out of the convenience store and got in their car. The card was matte black and almost grainy to the touch, Marco felt. It was rough against his fingertips. The lettering on both sides of the card was a golden color. He pocketed the card and went back to waiting for Cassandra. As he thought about her, his phone buzzed on the counter. He picked it up. It was a text. I think I'm going to come in a bit early today. Just won't clock in until 5. Uh, why, if I can ask? Marco replied. He sat idly for a few minutes awaiting a response. Um, no real reason. Woke up, can't go back to sleep. Uh, I'll regret this next time I go to bed. Cassandra texted back. Well, come in as early as you'd like. We can always just hang until you clock in. Okay, I'll be on my way in about an hour and a half. That works. Looking forward to seeing your car pulling up. A few minutes passed with no response back from Cassandra. Marco set his phone down on the table and looked around. He stood up from his seat and began to walk through the store. He stopped at several displays, straightening items that had become a jar through the course of the day. He rearranged candy bars, bags of chips, even drinks in one of the refrigerators. He turned over to check the clock that hooked to the archway. 2.49. Marco figured Cassandra would be showing up around 4.30. He exhaled deeply, cracked his knuckles, and continued to straighten out the store's stock. Marco walked into the back room to retrieve more items to stock their refrigerators with. He carefully set the items in the refrigerators, back turned to the front of the store. From behind him, he heard the door's bing-bong noise as one of the glass doors opened. Hey, let me know if you need help finding anything, Marco said, slightly turning his head over with his right shoulder. Seeing the customer was a woman, probably her early twenties, with sandy blonde shoulder-length hair. The woman looked somewhat confused, but mostly shocked. Marco only briefly saw this expression was over her face, turning from the briefest glimpse of hopelessness to utter shock in a matter of few seconds. Somewhat concerned, Marco stopped stocking the refrigerators and turned fully to face the woman. Uh, is something wrong, miss? Marco asked, pulling his sleeves on his bright red sweatshirt back down from his elbows to his wrists. I, uh, no, I... The woman stuttered before falling into a breathy exhale. No, it's, it's just been so long since I've had a real conversation with someone. She said, the inside of her eyebrows rising to point towards the overhead fluorescent lighting. I, I don't follow. You alright, miss? Marco asked, crossing his arms. No, not at all. She said, her mouth quickly shifting to a bright smile. Um, okay... No, 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 no. Okay. I've just been... Okay, let me start over. I'm Shelby. A few weeks ago, I, I I, got into a car crash, and I know this is going to sound really weird, but I, I fell into a, a different... 
um, dimension or something, and now I'm stuck here and I can't interact with everyone. Um, no one can see me, except for you. You're the first person I've been able to speak to uh, from your side, Shelby said frantically. Huh. This is... Uh, well, it's a lot of information to give me at once, Marco said. How do I know... And I'm not trying to be rude here, that you aren't just lying to me or doing some kind of dare? Shelby looked around. She stopped in a large bag of barbecue chips sitting on one of the shelves. That. Grab that bag of chips and throw to me. I'll give you all the proof you need, Shelby said. Marco stood idly for a few seconds, looking at Shelby. With a loud sigh, he broke. Fine, I'll play into whatever you're doing, he said as he reached for his bag of chips. You'd better buy something for wasting my time. Grabbing the chips, he held the bag with both hands. Shelby put her hands up, almost as if she'd subconsciously readied herself to catch something thrown at her. Marco tossed the bag at Shelby and it landed right behind her. It went right through her, landing near the door. Marco's eyes widened. Holy shit. Right? Shelby asked, putting her hands up in the air in front of her. This is real weird, Marco said, unsure of what to do. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. It's just been so long since I've talked to another real person. Shelby said, forming a nervous smile. Marco walked back towards the counter. I I just gotta sit down for a minute, he said. He walked around the counter and sat down, leaning forward and folding his hands on top of it. She put her hands on the counter and leaned towards him. So, you're, you're touching the counter. I, th I thought you couldn't interact with anything, Marco asked in a confused manner. I can interact with some stuff, just not everything. I can feel objects occasionally, but the next day I can't. Like I said, it's a different area of existence. Marco leaned back in his chair and it squeaked as he did so. He crossed his arms. Um, so, what exactly caused this? Marco asked. I don't know. I was in a car crash, and when I woke up, I wasn't real anymore, Shelby said, standing back up from leaning on the counter. That's... This doesn't feel real. I mean, how is this real? This is like a dream, Marco said, still dumbfounded. Well, it's real enough to me, Shelby said, putting her hands in her jean pockets. It's certainly been reassuring, knowing I'm not entirely gone. I suppose so, Marco replied. Shelby sighed quietly before walking to the store's entrance. Well, see you later, she said as she pushed open the door and walked out into the darkness. Marco leaned back, putting his hands on top of his head. He stared at the door for a few seconds, looking out into the night just outside. A while passed with no more customers. He checked his phone as the sun was just beginning to come up. He looked outside quietly. He glanced back to his phone. Right at 5 a.m. Just as he read it, he heard a car pull up outside. It was Cassandra. She stepped out of the red stand, walked up to the door, holding her phone in her hand, and pushed it open. Hey, Cassandra said with a smile. Hi, Marco replied. 
Cassandra walked towards the door that led to the back office and opened it with a key she pulled from her handbag. She pushed it open enough to grab a folding chair before closing the door. She walked over to Marco, unfolded the chair, and set it down. The feet of the chair scraped against the store's floor as Marco turned his focus to Cassandra. So, why'd you want to come in early today? He asked, leaning back in his chair and interlocking his fingers. Told you, I woke up early and I didn't feel like going back to sleep. The two sat in silence for a few seconds, unsure of where to take the conversation next. So, anything exciting happened during your shift? Cassandra asked, shifting her focus from the white floor tiles to Marco. <sighs> Be a shorter list to tell you the boring things. Cassandra suddenly became more attentive. How so? Well, for starters, uh, some guys came in. Um, we talked about aliens, which reminds me, I've got a video to show you later. Uh, then these two other guys came in, dressed in really nice suits. Uh, they gave me their business card. Marco paused to pull the BUOE card from his jean pocket. He handed it to Cassandra, and she flicked it around between her thin fingers, looking at it. Uh, they told me to let him know if anything weird happened. But, but then, this chick came in, uh, seemed normal, turned out she was actually trapped in some kind of ghost dimension. I, I know how crazy this all sounds, but I'm sure the security cameras caught it all. I'll have to show you later. Marco finished. Cassandra had a big smile on her face. Sounds like you had quite the night. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a thrill.